0: Become a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to Patreon.com/landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. presents Landfill News with your host, The J-Strom. Now, here's your host, The J-Strom. Boom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another ETL News. I'm your host, The Jstrom. as I just said, introducing myself, I need to do something about that. I need somebody else to introduce me, and I'll put it in the intro, because it sounds pathetic that I introduce myself, but, you know, who cares, whatever. This is the show. Take it or leave it. (laughs) This is Entertainment Landfill News, and I am the Jaystrom, and this is where I read stories to you from other websites, essentially, and give my take on things, maybe, or something, but this is the... Third episode, but technically it's the fourth episode if you count episode zero. (laughs) Why did I do that? All I've done is confuse myself whenever I'm finishing the show and you type out the little mp3 titles for the file that will go, you know, that you'll download. And I'm always like, wait, isn't this the fourth episode? No, wait, it's the third. And all I've done is confuse myself. And it's not that hard to confuse me. Uh, But anyway, thank you for listening to the show. I'm enjoying doing it. I get excited every Wednesday morning. I sit down and I start jotting down my um, notes or bookmarking certain stories. And I get excited about what I'm going to talk about. Or, you know... From last Wednesday till now, I kind of bookmark in my brain certain stories that I read. That I'm like, oh god, how many times am I going to see the same story on a different website? Uh, but first, I'd like to welcome the people listening live. There is Brandon and Adam, Adam Sexton. Thank you guys so much for listening in the chat room at mixler.com/nimpodcast. Sweet. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I've actually, I, I've been preparing all sorts of different things for patrons, uh, different ideas I have to improve, uh, our Patreon, just, you know, little incentives. And one I came up with yesterday because, um, a while back we lost a lot of the hosting of the archive of old episodes And I was pretty bummed out, like, oh, my God, this took so long to post all of these shows and then write what they were. You know, I need to uh, type out exactly what happens on the episode. And I was thinking about starting it over again, like creating an archive for whoever wants to go back and listen to those. But then I was thinking, wow, what if I do a really detailed one this time and upload it all to Podbean? which, uh, has all of our shows from episode 172 on, uh, and what if I uploaded all of our other episodes after the shows, special shows we've done, special holiday pack shows, commentaries we've done. I was even thinking when we first, uh, were going to appear on, uh, What is it called? TRX. Uh, Talk Radio X. That's it. Uh, When we were first going to appear on Talk Radio X, we were a guest on Antubert's show the live test show and Bill and I did an interview on there. I would include that. I would include times that uh Bill called into B dub and got into an argument with them. Just everything, our whole history in painstaking order. And I'm like, well what is the incentive to do that, Jason? It's so much work. But then I was thinking, what if I make it a patron only archive? People who patronize the show, people who pay for the show who uh, support us, give them access to all that hard work that you've done. And then it was like, boom, like, that's what I'll do. So I am creating a hardcore detailed archive of our entire history for patrons only. How cool is that? If you're not a patron and you want access to those shows, think about becoming a patron, Uh, a dollar uh, a month even. To support the show, because right now our my new incentive is to reach 160 a month. I want to get a new digital recorder for the show. I was funny because this thing that I use to record the show, that I've been recording the show since 2005, is a tiny little metal box with this tiny digital readout. Uh, let's see who makes this thing. Oh, it's a Samsung. So you know, it's pretty hardcore. Uh, it's Samsung. It's a one gigabyte digital recorder. <laughs> And I've been using it for since two thousand five, and I was like, "You know what? I need to get a new digital recorder. How about I make that uh page, uh patreon incentive so uh it we're really not that far from it already. It's like nine dollars off, but uh maybe the promise of you know an awesome new archive would get people to uh become new patrons but also um just today, I released the trailer react for star Wars, rogue one Uh, patrons already got that episode on Monday. And that's something I want to continue to do is to reward patrons with early shows where you guys get shows on Monday, even ETL daily. When we do that show again, Uh, do that, release that on Monday for people. And then Wednesday, uh, release it on Monday for patrons, release it on Wednesday for everybody else. Or something like that, and uh, I also want to do some more patron-only shows. So uh, cool. you know I'm just kind of creating, trying to create some excitement around being a patron, and I'm really inspired right now uh, to keep doing these shows. We've cranked out a lot of them lately, and I hope you guys are enjoying them. But uh, enough about that. <clears throat> if you're interested, uh, go to patreon.com/landfill. I am enjoying playing quantum break on the Xbox one. Uh, I've been twitching it, uh, twitching it like on Thursdays last week. Uh, I did it Thursday and Friday and then I released it on YouTube. So, uh, you ought to check that out. I'm at twitch.com slash the Jstrom if you want to uh, watch some of that. But Quantum Break's a really cool game. And what I love about it is the story involving time travel. I love games with st- great stories. And this game does have a great story. So I hope that uh, you guys, if you have an Xbox box, check that out. One thing that's weird, I don't know what is going on with my controller. The way you turn on the Xbox is, you know, you hold the little center button and it turns on the Xbox. My Xbox controller and my Xbox keep unsyncing where they, they're they not communicating and I have to reset it like every time I play it. And it's happened the last two days and I don't know what the deal is, but it's really super annoying. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of that later. Um, some I saw one suggestion was to... Uh, update the controller, but I was like, how do you do that? Oh shit. I don't have time for this right now. So we'll get into that. Um, so, okay, let's get into our first story, which is Spider-Man. It has an official movie title. That's right. This, according to variety, the friendly neighborhood, Spider-Man's next adventure has an official title. Oh, that's what I just said. Spider-Man homecoming will swing into theaters next summer. Sony Pictures announced at CinemaCon, the annual exhibition trade show, taking place this week in Las Vegas to make a big reveal. The studio flew in Tom Holland, the English actor who is going to play Spider-Man. But listen to how they worded it. The English actor who is slipping into the wall crawler's spandex, fresh from the Hollywood red carpet of Captain America Civil War. That's such a better sentence than just saying he will be Spider-Man in the movie. I'm Tom Holland, and I'm your new Spider-Man, said Holland, who promised that the new film would find the superhero and his alter ego, Peter Parker, searching for his identity. He promises that, you guys. So we better not break that promise. I hope it takes about three movies, quipped Tom Rothman, Sony Pictures' chief. Homecoming will focus on Parker's struggles to balance his high school life with his vigilanteism, which is a problem we all have, you know, especially when we're in school. Um, so, yeah, Peter Parker is back in high school, which is fine, I guess. It's no big deal. I would like for him to get a part-time job at the uh, Daily Bugle and have J. Jonah Jameson, so we need some of that, don't we? I think so. Well, what's funny is, speaking of Spider-Man... Oh, have I even said the name of the movie? <laughs> I'm already moving on. So anyway, it's called Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, apparently. Yeah, I already read that. Uh, which is a terrible title, so hopefully they change that. Now, uh, also, Marvel Studios characters will join Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh Can Spider-Man count on his new amazing friends? I see what you did there, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, be afraid, guys. I'm reading for Entertainment Weekly again. We all know the web-slinger will make a sizable appearance in the Marvel Studios film Captain America Civil War, but it has been unclear if some of those heroes would share the screen with Peter Parker in his own standalone movie for next year. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige told EW, "Yes, not only does Spidey end up helping Iron Man in Civil War, but the plan is for some Marvel Cinematic Universe stalwarts, 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 say that 5 times fast, to appear in Spider-Man's film. He is the he is in the universe now, and the fun of the universe is that characters go back and forth." Feige said Sony Pictures is rebooting the character in an untitled Spider-Man film. No, it's Spider-Man Homecoming. God, get with it, Entertainment Weekly. A primer for casual fans, these are all the characters who originated in the pages of Marvel Comics. But years before the publishing company started financing its own interlock series of movies through Marvel Studios, some of its most iconic heroes were licensed out to other film companies such as Fox and Sony. Yeah, we knew that. So, uh, that'll be cool. I mean, uh, I'm excited. I mean, I'm not, I, I I won't lie. I'm super excited about, um, Spider-Man being in the new Captain America. And I hope that the Spider-Man Sony film with Marvel kind of helping them out, like, okay, this idea sucks, Sony, you should do this. I, I think that'll be cool. And I think it'll also be pretty awesome that, It'll exist in the Marvel universe and you can have, say, someone like Falcon visit or uh, Rhodey, you know, because you know it's going to be a sign character. It's going to be like Jeremy Renner or something shows up. It's not going to be Tony Stark. It's not going to be um, Steve Rogers, but still, it'll be cool. No, I have no idea if it's going to be this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. I'm just a dick, man. So anyway, uh, yeah. Cool story. Cool story there. As I do each story, I close the windows, so I have more room. <laughs> um, did anyone watch the Doctor Strange trailer today? It just hit the internet, the interwebs, and we got to see a taste of Doctor Strange. Marvel's Doctor Strange, pay- played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, I kind of want to do a trailer react to it with Bill um, and, uh, maybe we'll talk more about that later, but I gotta say the final moments where you hear his footsteps and he's walking up the steps. I got chills, man. I did. I'm excited about Dr. Strange. I don't know a lot about Dr. Strange. I have some Dr. Strange comic books, mostly based on the artist who drew those particular issues. You know, it's like, oh, Michael Golden drew this. I'm going to buy this, but I don't really know a lot about Dr. Strange. I know he's the Sorcerer Supreme, you know, he's got the eye of Agamotto or whatever it's called, but uh, that's pretty cool. Um, So I'm excited about Dr. Strange. Now, I have another story, this one about Star Wars Rogue One. Like I said, we just did a trailer react to it. I hope you guys listen to that, or you will check it out. Uh, It's a lot of fun to talk about Star Wars with Bill. And um, this is Rogue One's Darth Vader casting revealed. Following last month's correct report on who Scott McNary was really playing in Batman v. Superman Dawn of Justice. Spoilers, it wasn't Jimmy Olsen or Metallo. We've now got a Star Wars exclusive for you this morning. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> this is on the website Flickering Myth. It was reported last year that the Sith Lord would be would feature in Rogue One. And that Hayden Christensen would be replace, reprising his role for the movie. Uh, I wouldn't have believed that. We teased last month that the rumor was correct, but Christensen would not be playing the part. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but Hayden Christensen's married to Rachel Bilson, and he lives on a nice, lush farm, and he's out of show business. And I don't blame him for not coming back. <laughs> it sounds like a great life. But... Uh, Sources are telling us that, in fact, British actor Spencer Wilding has been cast to play the body of Darth Vader in Rogue One. Wilding is mostly a stunt actor and has had bit parts in Guardians of the Galaxy, Batman Begins, Ghost Rider, Spirits of Vengeance, and The Wrath of the Titans. We first heard about his casting last year, but we waited for more confirmation on the story. So basically, okay, guys, there's someone that's going to be in the Darth Vader suit. Do you know who he is? No, no. Does it matter? Not really. Uh, It's Darth Vader and James Earl Jones would do the voice for it. But this is news, so I'm going to continue reading it. Our source also confirms that Wilding has been running lines while on set. So Darth Vader will have a speaking role in Rogue One. However, he will likely be dubbed by James Earl Jones. Just as David Prowse was when he played Vader in the original trilogy. We sadly don't have confirmation that Jones will be coming back to repease his role, but it seems rather likely. Guys, he does the voice for Vader on Star Wars Rebels, the TV show on Disney XD. He's going to do the voice of Vader for a major feature film, okay? I don't have confirmation, but I'm telling you, he is. I mean, come on. All right. So, uh, yeah. What do you guys think about that? I'd like to know, Adam and Brandon, what you guys thought of the Doctor Strange uh, trailer of what you've seen so far. I'd like to see that. Now for a silly story. Last night, Aaron Paul, you know, Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad, was on Conan. And they talked about his early life as an actor. And he did a lot of commercials and stuff like that. And, uh, of course, Entertainment Weekly had to pick up on this story. Uh, Aaron Paul achieved TV immortality with Breaking Bad. But like any actor, he had to struggle his way through small-time gigs for years before his breakout role. Luckily for Paul, one of said early roles managed to pay his bills for almost two years, he revealed on Tuesday's Conan. In a Juicy Fruit commercial unearthed by the host, Paul's pants fly off when someone tries to telekinetically grab his Juicy Fruit gum. It's a bizarre advertisement, but because there's no dialogue, it was easy to sell in other countries. Thus, Paul's extended payday. When they stopped playing the commercial, it was such a loud reality check. Oh my God, I need to get a job, Aaron Paul recalled. So that's what I like about Entertainment Weekly. They pick up on these <laughs> stories. But the ad is really creepy. Aaron Paul is sitting in some kind of office. like It's almost like uh, in Ghostbusters where um, Bill Murray is testing you to see if you have any kind of abilities, telepathic abilities, and he's trying to move a spoon with his mind, but he sees Juicy Fruit in the doctor's pocket, so he concentrates and not only just the gum comes flying at him, but the guy's whole shirt and the guy is now all topless and um, Aaron Paul picks up the gum, starts chewing it, and sticks the rest in his pocket. Well, the guy, the scientist, wants it back, so he uses telepathic abilities to get his gum back and he rips... Aaron Paul's pants off. Um, so it's kind of weird. Kind of like, um, okay. So, um, yeah, check that out on YouTube guys. (laughs) All right. Let's see what Adam said. I know nothing about Dr. Strange looks visually stunning, especially some of the shots near the end. Having Tilda Swinton is always a plus. Yeah, and Mads Mikkelsen is in it, too. You see him briefly. And the film does look gorgeous visually. It looks stunning. Um, I'm excited about that. Now, after Batman v Superman, a lot of people, you know, say what you will, a lot of people shit on that movie. But a lot of people agreed that Batman was pretty awesome in the film, and Ben Affleck did a great job. So people were wondering... Is Ben Affleck going to do a Batman film? You know, at least you have that kind of uh, positivity coming out of it. Some people weren't, you know, about it. They're dicks, you know. They just don't want to admit that that part was actually good. I, in fact, enjoyed the whole film, but uh, we've already talked about that. Uh, Warner Brothers confirmed standalone Batman movie is in the works with Ben Affleck. This on Collider. To the surprise of no one, Warner Brothers has officially confirmed that a standalone Batman movie is in development with Ben Affleck. The announcement came during the studio's panel at CinemaCon in Las Vegas. It's a kind of Comic-Con for theater owners. Let's see, uh, Collider's own Steve Weintraub was in attendance when WB Chairman and CEO Kevin... um, Ho Sujihara... Touted that there are 10 DC movies planned over the next five years. Jesus, 10 and five years. Good Lord. What are they? 10. We're excited to be working with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I can't talk. We're excited to be working with Ben Affleck on a standalone Batman film. It's unclear if Tsujihara meant to confirm that Affleck is indeed directing his Batman movie, or they're simply working with Affleck on the film as its star. But word has been rumbling about Affleck's involvement with the project as a filmmaker since last summer. He's been developing a script with DC Comics CCO Jeff Johns. With word surfacing last month that a draft of the script has already been completed, even Zack Snyder seemed to suggest that Affleck-helmed Batman movie is very much a possibility. But the main question mark here appears to be Affleck. Snyder mentioned that Affleck likes to focus on one film at a time, and it's clear that Warner Brothers and company would love nothing more than for Affleck to direct a standalone Batman movie. So the ball's been in Affleck's court. He's just coming off wrapping his first directoriable project since the best picture-winning Argo, a Prohibition-era gangster story called Live by Night and will be toiling away at post-production on that Warner Brothers flick during and after shooting Justice League which just recently kicked off in London. Live by Night is set for release October 17th, October 2017. So Affleck has some time to finish up that picture, but it's possible that he could have his Batman movie ready to go before cameras by the first first half of 2017. Warner Brothers has unspecific DC movies set for release. It's uh, It sounds like they're just like, okay, 10 movies in five years, guys, go. And it's like, well, what movies are they? We're just going to do 10. Come on. People start thinking this shit. 10 seems like a lot in five years. That's a lot of movies, guys. Uh, is Can that be right? Okay, I love this. At the bottom of the story, it says, update. Ben Affleck will indeed be directing the standalone Batman movie, (laughs) so it's now been confirmed. But that's all they tell you at the end of the story. I loved Ben Affleck's take in the movie. I thought the Batman scenes were cool and stuff like that. You know, Zack Snyder directed that. I think Ben Affleck is a great director. Just watch The Town. I mean, everyone says Argo is a great movie. The Town is a great movie. I've watched that, like probably like 10 times on HBO when it first came on. I saw it in the theater, but every time it was on, I watched it. It was easy to get my wife to watch it because it has Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck in it. So she's like, yeah, let's watch it again. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I have no problem with him directing uh, a uh, Batman film. That sounds pretty cool. Now, here's an interesting story, and uh, I don't really know if it's interesting, but it's neat. (laughs) Star Wars Trilogy headed back to the big screen for summer. For the month of August only. Now, when I first read this, the first thing that popped in my head was... Maybe what popped into your head, too, when you read that was what version, what version of the original trilogy? Wait, no, no, no. What version of the original trilogy are they talking about? What's going on here? So uh, let me get to that. Everybody calm down. The original Star Wars trilogy is headed back to theaters for a limited release this summer as part of an Alamo Draft House Roadshow. The theater chain will be bringing the 1997 re-release versions of Episode 4, A New Hope. Really, guys? We got to go through this? A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. There you go. To various cities across the U.S. during the month of August, according to a press release. Each screening will include a short film before and after each installment. So, did you guys catch that? 1997 re-release versions. So, that... Isn't okay. That's not the Blu ray versions where they added even more shit, like Darth Vader saying, No, in Return of the Jedi. It doesn't have rocks blocking R2 in the cave on Tatooine, uh, but it does have some new digital effects, like the um, added uh, Jabba in A New Hope. So it still has some kind of uh, stuff that makes your skin crawl, but not as bad as the Blu-ray releases. So you l- will at least be seeing that version. Now, Bill and I have talked about this on the show, where uh, there are the those versions that people have done, the the despecialized versions. I've watched Empire Strikes Back. I've watched A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And i got to tell you, it's a revelation seeing them the way that they were supposedly seen in the 70s. And Bill even told me they recently unearthed a 77 print that looks spectacular, and he's going to get that to me. I haven't watched that yet, but the despecialized A New Hope is amazing. It's got all of the digital shit gone And I know what you're thinking, like, oh, does it have the little halos around the TIE fighters in space? No, it's still cleaned up where it looks gorgeous, and it's fantastic. I would love it if they re-released the original trilogy like that, the de-specialized original trilogy. The fact that it's the 1997 re-release bums me out. I don't know if I'll be excited enough to go see it in the theaters. It depends on how much... How buzzed we get about Star Wars, you know, because you got to think, um, in August, that's only, uh, a few months. That's like three months before September, October, November. Okay. Four months from December when Rogue One comes out. So maybe I won't go see it. I don't know, <laughs> but it will be in Dallas on August 7th. Um, Funny thing, though, in 1997, when they re released the films theatrically, I did go see those. Then, I don't know if it's worth it. I had those despecialized versions. Get them in the theater. Okay, well, here is another exciting story. Why do I keep saying that? None of these are exciting. (laughs) I'm overselling it. Okay, here's a funny story I read. Actually, this would suck. I've never played the Division. I wanted to kind of when it first came out the game The Division that's on Xbox, PS4, and PC. Um, it's a cool. It's just like Destiny where you're playing an an online shooter where other people are in the game too. Um, and listen to this. This would be a nightmare because I played Destiny for a long time on the Xbox. And if this happened to my Destiny character, I might start crying. But it says, Players report The Division is wiping characters on Xbox One. There are multiple reports popping up this evening that the latest patch for Ubisoft's The Division has, for an unlucky few on Xbox One, resulted in the demise of their character. All the reports are similar. Some players on Xbox One PS4 and PC seem unaffected, log into the game following the update only to find that their character is no longer available to select. Losing save progress or an item is one thing, but losing an entire character, some of which would have had... Hundreds and hundreds of hours. Okay, wait. Hundreds of hours poured into them. Well, you never know. (laughs) The the person, it could be hundreds and hundreds. Sounds like the worst. Hopefully this is something that can be restored. Dude, if they can't restore this, this is some bullshit. How many times have you put in a game and it asks for an update? You have no choice. You've got to update it to play it. And then you lose your character? I probably would be, no <laughs> Especially that a game like that what your character is is leveling up every time you play you're leveling leveling up getting new weapons new badass elite gear if all that was gone I would be like f you game and I would never play it again because you'd never know if it was going to happen again you know ...developers are looking into the issue. There's a Reddit thread alone that contains a sad long list of players affected... ...over 50 at the time of posting... ...and they say that they're looking into each case individually to try and see what's going on. As of now, there's no word on the ca- on a cause or a fix... So Xbox One players might want to hold off playing the game until there's more information. Oh man, for if you have the game and you haven't played it, don't turn it on. Leave it off. <laughs> Wait till they fix it. That seriously would suck. Oh my God! <clears throat> I think I would cry. Now here's some uh, film news, guys. It's not exciting, it's not neat. No, it's kind of exciting. Uh, It depends on if you're a fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Um, I actually am, so this is interesting. Fast 8 enlists Scott Eastwood as Kurt Russell's protege. Prodigy. Protege. Clint Eastwood's son will probably argue with Vin Diesel a lot. Um, This is on Polygon. And it's funny, I don't think I've ever seen Scott Eastwood in a film. Maybe, no, no, I think he... He has small parts in something I've seen, but he didn't, he's not, he's just in the background. I even think he has a small part in Suicide Squad, but, um, he's gonna, here, let me just read the story. Scott Eastwood, the man best known for being Clint Eastwood's model turned actor son, which by the way, if you look at this dude, it's scary how much he looks like a young Clint Eastwood. I mean, it's crazy. He will play Kurt Russell's prodigy in Protege in Fast Day. Why am I having trouble with this? <laughs> I can't decide which way I want to say it. Universal Pictures Universal Pictures tweeted the announcement earlier today, welcoming the actor to the Fast and Furious family. Russell's Mr. Nobody character was introduced during the seventh installment as a government agent tasked with finding Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel. Yeah, we know who plays him and his crew of street-racing miscreants in an attempt to bring down an international terrorist. While unsure of the sketchy characters at first, Toretto eventually came to respect and work with Mr. Nobody. So basically, if you've seen the film, uh, Kurt Russell seems like a dick at first, but then they um, learn to work with him, and it's fun. Miscreant. Miscreant. All right, I said that word right. <laughs> right, a person who behaves badly. Just so you guys know, <laughs> I knew that. Come on, I just want to make sure I'm saying it right. Um, prior to Fast Eight, Eastwood starred in Nicholas Sparks' The Longest Ride. He was also rumored to be up the role for the role of a young Han Solo in a standalone film. Wait, wait, wait. He was up for young Han Solo. How many people have been up for young Han Solo? That would be so weird, like the guy who's young Han Solo looks like Clint Eastwood. That would just be confusing. <laughs> um, but we'll see what kind of actor he is. His uh, Next, his upcoming role will be in Suicide Squad. Fast 8 marks the franchise's return to Japan. Cool. You, we, we all know why we're, they're making another one of these movies. Because... They make a lot of money. I don't know if you guys remember on the last ETL news. Remember, they were going to shoot some, do some Suicide Squad reshoots. And, uh, everyone was like, yeah, they're going to add more humor because like Warner brothers, they're really worried because Batman versus Superman was so dark. So now they're like, Hey, you better go film some funny scenes at suicide squad and bring the funny. Well, David Ayer, Ayer, David Ayer chimes in on those suicide, squad reshoots. He's like, read that. And he was like, Oh God. Okay. So here are the facts. This is from slash film. First, Suicide Squad recently underwent a series of reshoots that were reportedly extensive and expensive. Second, the reshoots aren't inherently a bad thing as they allow a filmmaker to make good movies great and pick up shots and moments that they didn't realize they needed until they were in the editing room. Right. Reshoots are a very common thing. It happens on most films, if not all of them. If they have the money to do it. The number of decent movies that go back for reshoots to tighten something up vastly outnumber the movies that go back for reshoots because they're dumpster fires. But the Suicide Squad reshoots have been very interesting because of the various whys circulating for their existence. Now, director David Ayer has chimed in, making these already dark waters a little less murky. In the initial report about reshoots, the reason was laid out as follows. I understand that the reshoots are happening right now as recently as this week and that they're big, tens of millions of dollars big, and they're adding more humor and lightness to the film. Yeah, that's what we reported here at the ETL News Action News Team. And while it was later confirmed that the reshoots were happening, the back half of that statement has led to its fair share of controversy. After all, it makes a certain amount of sense. The very dark and very grim Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice has made a lot of money, but it's not being embraced by audiences. The boss just dethroned Zack Snyder's superhero throw down at the box office. That's not a good sign. It's easy to believe that Warner Brothers would follow this route. Okay, this is their words, not mine. (laughs) It is easy to believe, but is it the truth? According to David Ayer, the rumor is total rubbish. He took to Twitter where he implied that the reshoots were scheduled to add more action. Like Jai Courtney. This is what David Ayer said. (laughs) Suicide Squad reshoots for humor is silly. When a studio loves your movie and asks, what else do you want? You go for it. Thanks, WB. Hashtag more action. (laughs) But as a conspiracy theorist would posit, that's exactly what they want us to think. After all, this wouldn't be the first time a director would have lied through his teeth to keep a movie's public image looking nice and shiny it gets even trickier when you realize that everyone involved in this movie wants to keep their job and keep working for the foreseeable future. So if there was a problem or behind the scenes conflict, we won't know about it until the people involved give up hope and share their story for a tell all the easy, riser, the easy Rider's Raging Bulls of the superhero movie age is going to be fascinating. <laughs> so who do you believe? The online reports that could be completely misinformed or the filmmaker who has it in his best interest to make things look like they're going swell? That's up to you for now. So there you have it. Suicide Squad went through reshoots. Some people say it was to change the tone. Others say it was because they were adding more action. We may know more when the movie opens August 5th. In either case, I'm still excited to see the movie. Why else would I write a couple of thousand words on its new trailer? By the way, have you guys seen the new trailer? It, I mean, I'm going to go see the film. I'm, gonna, I'm very curious about it. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. All this stuff about reshoots is ridiculous. We've heard that about so many different movies over time. I mean, uh, what I, the one that pops into my head is world war Z. Remember they were no, or maybe that was rewrites. Like they're rewriting the ending or something like that. Holy shit. That movie ended up making a lot of money, but uh, I actually enjoyed that film. I remember being shocked when I saw that. I saw that in the theater with Steven and my sister. And afterwards I was like, I actually enjoyed the movie. (laughs) You know, the way they set everything up in the press or these blogs is to make it look like it's going to be, you know, warm, hot garbage, as they say. But, uh, I'm excited about this film. And I think whoever's cutting the trailers is doing a really good job. They should hire him to do the Ghostbusters trailers. But yeah, I'm excited about that. And, uh, The one thing that, I'm sorry, if I'm going to prejudge anything based on the images, is the Jared Leto Joker. Dude, I just don't know until I see the film. It looks so ridiculous with all the tats and stuff. All the ink. He's all inked up. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't know. Do you guys know? (laughs) Uh, I'm scared that that's going to suck, but, uh, Jared Leto, I know he's a good actor. I I'll just have to get over his appearance and just get into, you know, his performance, you know, and stuff like that. Um, this on IGN, the jump street men in black crossover is still real and has a title. The outed Jump Street and Men in Black crossover movie has been given an official title. Okay, why do they do that? They give you the headline, and then the first line is the headline. Okay, this was again at Sony CinemaCon. We heard that the project, originally revealed after the Sony email hack, was moving forward with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill reprising their roles, and Muppets director James Bobbin was set to take over from Phil Lord and Chris Miller. We still have no word as to Will Smith or Tommy Lee Jones involvement. That's all they have in the story. It's real, but that's it. There's no more information. Okay. Um, You know, just closing my eyes and I just picture it in my head. I see that that could potentially be a really fun, ridiculous movie. Because I really enjoyed the Jump Street movies. The Men in Black movies I've always thought were okay. They're never that great. They always end really quickly. And I even... the, The most recent one, Men in Black 3... How many years ago was that? I remember seeing that in the theater. I actually thought it was... Fun. But the movies are so throwaway. It's like nothing I have ever wanted to see more than once. Um, so I don't know. It sounds like a crazy idea. Did you guys, the, I just want to do this story cause I've seen it everywhere and I'm just, this is my final story of the show. Okay. Yeah, exactly. This is obviously Adam. This is just a, a, a money kind of making scheme here. And I don't know how inspired the idea is, but yeah, it's probably going to be fun and entertaining. Hopefully. I don't know. But you've probably read this yourself. Robin Williams was originally considered to play the BFG, the Big Friendly Giant, in Steven Spielberg's new film. Um, So what does that do for you guys? (laughs) I I see this on every website. So Steven Spielberg's The BFG. BFG will stomp into theaters this July... With Bridge of Spies Oscar winner Mark Rylance, am I saying his name right? Uh, Towering over it as the title character. God, the way that they word these things, it drives me crazy. But Roald Dahl's 1982 children's novel was almost adapted into a movie two decades ago when producers Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall first started developing it in the early 1990s. Back then, The plan was for Robin Williams to take the giant role, but it proved to be too hard to pull off technologically, since the story involves so much interactivity between a 24-foot giant and a tiny orphan girl. There were a lot of different scripts. There were long gaps in between where we... Basically, what they're saying is, like so many other films... They were being developed, and it fell apart, and they had an idea. Hey, Robin Williams could be in this, but he never was. But why not print the story now when the movie's actually being made, and it means nothing? Just shut up, stupid story. (laughs) And I want to stop seeing it on every movie blog. Go to hell, stupid story. All right. Thank you, guys. That's my rant for the the day. All right, guys, that was my ETL news episode. <laughs> what is going on with my voice? I don't know. By this point in the show, I've gotten gone giddy. But I want to thank Adam and Brandon. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope I've uh, enlightened you guys with these fantastic news items, and you spend the rest of the day going, "Hey, did you guys hear about this? I heard it on the show earlier." Scott Eastwood is in <laughs> fast dates. <eight. laughs> But I'm enjoying doing this silly show. And I hope you guys are enjoying listening to it. Uh, If you would, go to nimpodcast.blogspot.com. That is where I house, I store all these episodes for you to listen to. Or, you know, you could have the Podbean app, which I will plug again. Because I think it's awesome. Uh, All I got to do is click on the Podbean app. And boom, all the shows that I've subscribed to. Um, are there, the new episodes, all you got to do is click on one and they even have this little, uh, refresh thing. You hit that, the new episode, boom, is right there on your phone. All you got to do is hit play. It's so cool. Um, so be sure and check that out. Also, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at the Jstrom. And like I said, if you would like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash landfill And support the show because I'm trying to grow the show. I'm trying to work hard and keep doing lots of content for you guys. And hopefully we get some more patrons along the way. And we slowly start this thing, this juggernaut moving. And uh, grow the show. Because that's what I want to do. I like having different shows. I don't know why I didn't think of that sooner. Um, Trailer React movie instant react there's so many times that steven and i have gone to the movies when we couldn't do a show and i'm like man i wish we could have done a show tonight but you know we just couldn't because of this whatever reason but like what if we just hit record and talk about a movie we just saw that's a show right there and we're gonna keep doing that and it's gonna be a lot of fun and like i said i'm gonna keep doing etl news so hopefully you guys keep listening to that um i i I mentioned it maybe the episode last week or before but the voicemail number that we used to have all the time they went out of business that whole company called k7 so if you'd like to send me a voicemail to play on the show send it to NIMPodcast at gmail.com as a sound file just attach it in your email and i'll play it like that it sounds better anyway Oh, Adam, that's so nice of you. Uh, bring back Chuck series companion. I'm glad you said that because I've been itching to go back to do uh, a new episode of that. And it's like almost like, uh almost start to do it. But then I kind of back off. But I would, yes, like to do a new Chuck series companion. I've got to just get it done. And, um... I, I kind of want to do like two back to back, like almost record two in the same day and get them both out the same week because they're, it's a two parter kind of thing. And I would love to just get those two episodes out of the way because it's almost like one story. Um, so, uh, I'm just trying to motivate myself to get those Chuck episodes done. Uh, I just should probably rewatch those episodes and then I'll be like, all right, I'm ready to go. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, that is our show this week. And I hope you guys uh, check me out next week for some more ETL news. Which we cover film, television, pop culture, and video games. Woo-hoo! And hoo um, And that's all I got, man. <laughs> that's all I got. What do you guys want, man? Uh, so, guys, until next time. This is garbage! I don't want to put my name on stuff like this! Now this is podcasting!